Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Jenna and Sarah's here. Hi, guys. We have done 12 fabulous episodes for this subject, the BDSM. Thank yeah. you for coming along for this ride, but did you have fun? <laughs> I actually have to tell you that I am massively happy with this season for everybody out there. Sarah definitely had to stomp her foot a little bit and was like, no, I want to do this. And I was like, that's a lot of episodes. And I think that this is our actual, like our best season. I could not be happier with all of the information that we now have, all of the education, the understanding, the language to be able to talk about this stuff. I owe you an apology, Sarah. Good job. This has been fucking amazing. I've had so so much fun doing this with you. Oh. And this is the 13th episode. I didn't think we were going to have 13 episodes worth of it. And now I can think of at least another 20 that I want to do. <laughs> so maybe well, we'll so think about adding some next season. In our that's what I was going to say. So you open for letting us do like a BDSM spotlight every season or a couple? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because I'm all for it too. I've had <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. It's one thing for me to do it in private. It's another thing for me to talk about doing those things. and. That's uh, that's something that I'm really, I struggle with. I'm so private. So I, I do appreciate the learning opportunity and the chance to be less in front of everybody that listens. So I've had a great time. And I think we've come up with some really funny, like people have sent in some really funny fucking questions and some serious ones. So I'm excited about this episode too. I am too. I just want to thank you again for Coming along, I learned so much on this episode from the laws that just opened my eyes that I'm just, yeah, still blown away. But I still am going to practice safe BDSM practices, consent, consent, and communication. Definitely going to do I that. I mean, and let her date off the internet, and then all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to have to remind you of what safety looks like. <laughs> ah, shit. Come on, that hotel room was amazing. You have been so much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move into our questions. No, I'm sad. I'm just kidding. Okay. Our first question that we received was Is BDSM always about sex or is there a non sexual aspects to it as well? What do you feel about that? I think it actually, when it's privately for me, there's a lot of sex involved. I like penetration mixed in with my impacts. But when it's out in public, it's non sexual. So I think it's a combination of both. What do you think? I think that it's definitely both and it can be whatever you need it or want it to be. So we've, again, discussed the entire season how private I am. So I don't do this shit in public. The one time I did it, it ended in sub drop for me. I don't think I could do it personally. I don't know. I haven't even had sex at a sex club. You know what I mean? And my BDSM is definitely inclusive of sex for me. It, It prolongs my subdurance, as Cubby would say. Thank you, Cubby, Cubby, Cubby. I love you for that word. It prolongs my ability to take and withstand whatever scene I'm in if there's sexual aspects. So if it was something like out in public, I could probably be played with over clothes, maybe have a hand slipped underneath a skirt, fingers, that type of thing I think I could probably be okay with. 
but I don't know that I could do anymore. So BDSM is not inherently, if you go to old guard, it is not anything to do with right. sex and BDSM have become intertwined more in like the last five to 10 years. So if you ask the old guard, no sex at all. BDSM is not about sex. BDSM is about everything else but that. Still control, intimate. Giving up control. control. Right. Yes. It's power dynamic, impact, that type of stuff. As Cubby pointed out, it is now mostly intertwined, which makes it more difficult for some people. So I think it's up to you to decide what you need that to be. And then you stick to that. So yeah, no, it's not always about sex. It's about what you make it as is any decision in your life. Good point. I think that's a very valid point. I agree with everything you said. <laughs> Good. Cause that's what I said. <laughs> All right. Next question from one of our listeners is how do I talk to my partner about trying BDSM activities? Sarah, do you have any tips or tricks? That's interesting to think about because once, when I read this one, I'm like, Oh, we've answered that communication. It's all about communication. But then I thought about it. I'm like, no, because if I went on a date right now, my thing would all be vanilla unless yeah. I met them on a BDSM site. So like field or fit life or something like that, then I'm yeah. open to telling them, but you're right. I don't, how would I talk about a partner that, Hey, I want them to do a little hitting or can you smack my ass to pull my hair or force me to do something when it's private? Cause privately I'm a submissive. Honestly, I think I would definitely myself feel in the fact that if my partner is really vanilla, I would know that and then I would know where my boundaries are. But if you're wanting to see where your partner's at, it's all about having the conversation or maybe watching a movie and listening to their yeah. impact on it. That's a good way to do it. Of Hey, I found this podcast on this thing. Will you listen to it with me and see what their opinion is after that? If you get a what the fuck. You're probably not going to have a partner that's interested in any of it, though you can still use that to springboard and have a conversation of, oh, well, I thought that this part was titillating. Is it was the whole podcast off putting to you or was this specific? Was there anything in there that you liked? That begs the question. Have you ever wanted to do anything BDSM? I would do it definitely that way. My suggestion would be it'd be like having the conversation about anal. Like, how would you have that conversation about wanting to have anal play? Or not have anal play, right? So it actually crosses over on many different aspects, not just a BDSM. Don't you yeah, know? for sure. And so that goes back to communication and just feeling safe to have those conversations with your partner. We're talking about something that you guys don't practice and then we need to practice. Or if only one of you seems to be interested and you're the dominant one, or you're not the dominant one, but you're the one that's going to bridge the conversation. You know, there's things that you need to do first. If you're having these thoughts about wanting to be in the BDSM lifestyle or experience that stuff, first of all, you need to educate yourself. You need to kind of figure out what it is that you are going to ask your partner to do. Because spanking and sex doesn't necessarily have to have the BDSM title. And if that title BDSM freaks your partner out, it doesn't mean that they're not willing to spank you. Maybe it's just the BDSM title. So I would say educate yourself in, in and around the kinks that you want to try, which would be porn. <laughs> Look at it on porn or oh, podcasts or books or speak to somebody. Go onto Facebook and find some forums, like figure out what it is that you want to ask for first and then educate yourself around it. Once that's done, time and place when you have the conversation is pretty important. <laughs> you don't want to be in church or something and be like, hey, I got a question for you. 
make sure it's it's a comfortable thing. Maybe you are flirty and like a sexual flirty nature. Definitely want to prime the pumps, right? You don't want to yeah. just go in dry. We talked about that. Even an anal, don't go in dry. Definitely lube up lube. before the conversation. Lube. And then it's important to express your feelings when you're communicating this, but you need to do it in a way that is non judgmental and threatening. So a lot of I statements, I feel like I would be interested in seeing if I like when you do this to me, or I feel like I would be interested in doing said activity to you. How do you feel about that? So always I feel statements because you take the pressure and the accusation and judgment out of your tone when you're talking to somebody. Always important is emphasizing trust and communication, right? Because you can't have any healthy sort of BDSM lifestyle, let alone a relationship without the two of them. Don't fucking dive in. Don't dive in. Don't do deep end shit. Start slow. Because what? if there's one thing that you are going to freak somebody out on is shove your fist in my asshole. and like the first fucking try. Let's not do that. Let's start slow. Let's start with conversations. Let's start with one activity. Let's see how that partner likes that activity. Let's see if we can escalate that activity. And then let's talk about, hey, let's recap, right? Go back. How did you like that? What are your feelings about that? Did that inspire something else that you might want to be part of? Make it just as much about them as it is about you, but not in a way of you have to do this because this benefits me. Open-ended questions are always good. That's what we just talked about is how did you feel about that? This is how I felt when you did this to me. Again, it's BDSM requires a lot of trust, a lot of consent, a lot of conversation, and you have to get it right to stay safe. So be as inclusive and open-minded and curious because there are most likely going to be things that you really want from your partner that they have zero interest in. And then that leads to a whole other conversation of maybe finding your needs getting met via another vehicle, another venue. Like we've talked about the first question, is BDSM always about sex? No, it's not. And if you want any part of the BDS or M, you can still remain faithful in your monogamous relationship because this is not, doesn't need to be sexual. So ask those questions. Hey, if you're not interested, would you be interested? How would you feel if you and I both went to a tasting or a munch or a whatever, and just at least talked about these things, bring them in. They are your partner after all. And even if they're not going to be the participating partner within your BDSM, they're still your partner. So consideration should be made for them. Always share your resources. So anytime you have something where you feel like you researched it, and maybe it's always better when you have it all written down instead of what we do on the podcast, which is fly by the seat of our pants. We we do a lot of editing to make sure that it's all cohesive, but make sure that you share your resources. And that gives them the opportunity to read it and come up with their own ideas, opinions, all that stuff. Always, we discuss boundaries. If your partner is willing to be part of this, both of you have boundaries. So you need to have an open and honest conversation around what those likes, dislikes, hard no's, hard yeses, soft no's, soft yeses are, because that's, that's really the most important thing is boundaries. And then just being patient and understanding, you guys are not going to get it right the first time. You might be disappointed and you need to be okay with that. Not everybody is an immediate professional, right? You get to grow and learn with your partner. And I think that's a, another very connective experience. That's why you have those conversations. Hey, how did that go for you? Oh, well, I like it more 
if you hit me on the left side, or I like it more if you hit me with that toy, or I like it more if you don't make it a power dynamic. All of those things need to be discussed. And then you just need to reassure your commitment, your partner of your commitments to them regardless, right? Just to make them feel better. (laughs) If they decide that none of this is for them, that can be really scary. My husband doesn't enjoy any of that stuff at all. And we had to have a lot of conversations in the beginning of, I don't need this. I want this. It's changed. Now it's definitely, since I've been in it so long, it's a need for me for sure. But I get those needs met from people that are willing, open, able, and happy to do and make my husband understand continuous supportive comments of he's having an insecurity or he's not feeling great about something. Maybe this is, it's not a big deal. I don't need this from you. It's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with you not being interested in these things. And there's nothing wrong with me being interested in these things. That would be my list of that's how you bring that stuff up. It's effective communication. I think you, I am so 100% behind you on that, especially since all most of our podcast is about communication. So and consent. Uh, consent. <laughs> I love it. Our next question that we have received is what are some entry level BDSM activities for beginners to try? Something gentle. Spankings are always a good way to start. Tying your partner to bed, using a scarf, blindfolding. If you guys like toys, introduction to some toys, go to a porn store together. Discuss the toys that you see. Buy one together. Talk about it all the way home. This is what I think I want you to do. Anything that's gentle, again, don't go head first into the deep end. You could quite possibly ruin this for both of you. They could ruin it for both of you. And you'll never get the opportunity again. Always (laughs) just gentle, right? We're not going to be like, ram me with the five pound fucking anal bullet thing. No, that's not. That's the deep end. What? No tentacle porn no. for the first time out? If you're both on board for tentacle porn, I'm all about it. For sure. Buy the fuck. <laughs> watch the hentai. I don't fucking care. Whatever that looks like for you, just chill. Don't fucking go for the whole hog. It's not Thanksgiving. I agree 100%. What about you? What would yours be? Communication. I like the idea of going to the adult store and talking about it or even watching porn would be a good thing. Like start there as a beginner and then buy something that turns you on with communication, of course. All of this is with communication. I think a lot of the titillating stuff too is just the talking about it. You don't even need to go through it. Just talking about it with a partner can be very spank banky. I agree. I, I agree. like what you were saying. Next question from a listener is, how do I figure out what role, dominant or submissive, suits me best? Dara? We know that the submissive's in control. And how I figured out that I wanted to give back, I wanted to dominate and got turned on by hitting people. (laughs) I think that was me working through some demons in my head. Who knows? When I had my first impact scene, it really changed my focus. When the master was training me, I was to be under his flogger. And that was really like first my brat came out. I had to tell you I was bratty, but I found out I liked it secretly, but I didn't want to admit to it. So that's why it's my private play. When I'm in public, I don't want her out. I want her to protect it kind of thing. So that's why I think I'm always dominant publicly, I think. Makes sense to me. So I think that's where it came into. I got to have an impact scene with a friend of mine and that was really fun. And I enjoyed that in helping them reach their sub or lease into their head and, and their body and whatnot. And that was great. I thought that was awesome. 
And I yeah. really always want to be part of a top scene in public because that's just really, that's me giving back. So that's my love language, service. And so I get it. And knowing that I can be a service top. Is yeah, really absolutely. I um, think for me, all yeah. I'm going to say for that is, again, if you start doing this the right way, you're going you're gonna to educate yourself. So right. you're going to find these things that are going to give you clues. Right. As to what you're more interested in. If you're watching a porn and you're more interested in what the top is doing to the bottom and that makes your nipples hard and your panties wet, you're probably going to be a dominant person. If you like watching the person getting whatever they're getting done to them, probably going to lean into more submissive. But you're really not going to know until you start experientially doing things. Right. right. But I think you'll know. Like I, I, and if you're a switch to be like, if watching both of those things gives you a, a full on fucking body orgasm and you're like, I want to beat and I want to be beaten, you're a switch. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with any way that you go, but that's how I feel like I would figure out. Like you are going to be attracted to one thing more than the other, or you're going to be attracted to both equally. There's no right or wrong answer here. It's just whatever you want. That's my opinion. I agree. I think you're right on there. Another listener asked us, what safety precautions should I take when engaging in BDSM activities? So safety pre precautions, always boundaries, communication, and consent. Always. Before anything has ever even talked, touched, done, boundaries, consent, communication, negotiation, whatever you want to switch in there. I don't care. Those three things. Also, though, any medical supplies that are specific to whatever kink you are doing. So if we're into shibari, we have scissors whatever, to get those ropes off fast. If we are into needle play, we have safety equipment. We have sterilizing equipment. We have biohazard stuff available immediately. We have, who do we call? Sometimes shit goes awry and you need to know that needs to happen. Just some, that would be my advice is those four things. What about you? Is there, because you do, I feel like you, this is more of a you question because you go out and do these things with, I don't want strangers. I'm going to say strangers because you'll pick up a scene sometimes. And so how do you like, what would you do? What makes it safe for you? I think you're very right. I think it's having the right implements. If you're doing needle play or cutting or, or anything with blood that you have material and sanitizer. And most of the parties I go to, they have stations that have all this stuff. So you don't need to bring it. But a lot of the tops I know, or a lot of the doms, they have it in their kit. They have their safety equipment inside their kit ready to go. Having gloves if they're dealing with body fluids. And we have friends that do needle plays. So they have the beautiful patterns made. Once the needle's removed, now you have all these little openings and they cover it up with new skin. Knowing what you're doing, understanding what you're dealing with, but then making sure you have the supplies. I highly recommend that you bring your supplies. Don't rely on the house. Don't rely on going to a sex club and them having all the appropriate stuff. One of my things that irritate me about the sex clubs that I've gone to, they don't have lube. They have condoms, but they don't have lube. You have to buy it. Dude, you're not fucking wrong. It's annoying. I understand from their point of view of cleanup is a bitch, but they allow everybody to bring their shit in anyway. Right. I would like to see a variety of those things. But then I also, for me specifically, like I don't, I wouldn't use any of their, I, a reason and use it. Condoms are there for a reason. Fucking use them. I have specifics that I need. I can't do latex, so I have to have skin. I can't have, I can't do this lube because it might upset my pH balance in my vagina. So I have to have my own lube, right? So 
have those things specific. But yeah, you're right. I agree. Like it's it's a bummer to walk in and it's oh dented flavored ribbed condoms. Fuck no. All right, we're gonna talk about safe words. Somebody asked another question about can I take my safe word from privately to public? In other words, I guess what they're asking here is if I if my safe word was pineapple, could I use pineapple in a public scene? And my my answer to that is yes, you can always use your own safe word that you want to use. But my suggestion is that if you are playing with a new partner or you're in a scene that you communicate, that's what it is, obviously, part of your negotiation. But you need to also let the dungeon master know. I highly recommend letting them know that you're stepping away from the standard, which is red, yellow, green, because they're paying attention to those words. They're looking to protect you or to step in if need be. And if they hear a red, they're going to step in. If, if they didn't know your safe word is pineapple, they're not going to step in. So I highly recommend if you are going to go public that you let them know or try to get comfortable using those words. What do you think? That was perfect. I don't think that there's, if that's the one the thing that I would say is for me specifically, again, people that are one player only, right? Ready, ready player one. It can be very hard. I would think to switch just because if I'm used to saying pineapple every time and I'm a trance out type of person, it's harder for me to then go out into a public setting and be like red, yellow, green when I'm programmed to right. say pineapple. So yes, both sides. I agree for what you're saying in public consumption. If you are picking up people, if it is someone you've never played with, any of those things, a thousand percent. If you're going out and you and your dom are doing that out in public, I would say just err on the side of caution and use the one that you're used to. Just right. because that is what- we'll Let everybody know. Do. Yeah, but let everybody know, hey, this is my thing. And yeah. yes. Another question we got, is there a BDSM community and how can I connect with like-minded individuals? So we've discussed this on prior podcasts this season. We really prefer munches or tastings as the way to go. Munches is probably the first thing that I would suggest because you can go, you can talk, but you can't do, you can't rush into. So I like munches for that type of thing. We've talked about, you know, go to Facebook and type in BDSM. Trust me, there's a shun out there. Go join some and make sure it's not just like a BDSM meme group, right? Like those are funny as shit, but I am involved in a couple really good ones where the questions are really good. The answers are really good. And you start interacting. I'm not saying don't like lurk for a bit, figure out if this is the forum for you and then be brave and ask questions and have people answer you. I think that's a wonderful way to do that. And then there's the tastings, there's the sex clubs, there's uh, at sex clubs, they have BDSM specific nights that you can go and just people watch and do all that. So that's how I would probably say to get into Great. that. I am 100% behind that. If you don't have this in your area, then try to find online groups to talk to them about. Maybe find like-minded people in your area. Bet Life is definitely a good one in Adult Friend Finder. And there are other ones I'm sure out there, but those are the ones that I lean towards. I don't know about you. You're not wrong. Like the hookup sites or the dating apps are good. But for me personally, I feel like Fet Life would be good to include because it's also an educational thing. And you could maybe match with somebody that you could ask them to go out for coffee. I wouldn't go directly to field or adult friend finder. 
for that type of stuff. That is, I have done my due diligence. This is what I want. And I want to bang. I want to find people to do that. That life is a little different where there is education. And then, yeah, it's community and you can post and you can talk and whatever. I don't feel that way about the other dating apps. So yeah, I agree. I adult friend finder actually haven't been on field. I have, but I still prefer my fet life for my BDSM knowledge. As you can tell, because we used a lot of their kinkster dictionary and stuff in this podcast this season. This is a really interesting question. The next one from the listener. How do you handle judgment or stigma from friends and family regarding your interest in BDSM? How did you handle it? It's none of their fucking business, first of all. Sorry <laughs> the gate swinging like that, but that's my feeling. If I feel like I want to share with that person, I guarantee you, I'm probably not going to do that in this sort of conversation if it's somebody that I don't feel safe with, right? Like I have vanilla friends. I actually have very few vanilla friends now because I won't say that they're not friends. I will just say that they have been, they're over at the vanilla table. So there are some things that I talk about and some things that I don't. And it's not because I don't necessarily trust them or any of the stuff. I just don't feel like it's something that I'm going to find support in. If I need to talk to somebody about it, I'm going to find somebody that is interested, that has an ear, that has something that I feel safe in that. It is nobody's fucking business what you do. That being said, if your family finds out somehow, that is on them. It is not on you to have any shame or any judgment about any of that. There's nothing wrong with doing what you do. I don't care if that means that you like a pool cue shoved in your ass. If you're not hurting anybody, it's nobody else's business. If you are happy and healthy and sane, you are not ruining your life over any of these things, i.e. spending money you don't have on toys or on sex workers or as long as this is like a safe, sane decision for you, it's literally no one else's business. You're going to have to get a little bit of a tough skin though. I definitely have had friends that I've shared with and they were like, oh my God, ew. And I just go, cool. It's not your deal. Do you need to discuss it with me? Because for me, I'm not going to be sad or ashamed about who I am and what I like. Just because they're vanilla doesn't mean that they don't have fucking skeletons in their closets too. So I think the best way to deal with judgment or shame is to respond with curiosity. Oh, that's how you feel. That's interesting. Why do you feel that way? Stop taking it personally because it's not your hangups. It's their hangups. Amen, sister. That's how to do. It is, has nothing. Take your ego out of it. Stop looking for yourself in their shame. This is not your shame. This is their shame. This is their shitty stuff. So stop putting yourself in it and stop allowing other people to give you your own identity. That is not yours. That is their perception of you. So you got to just be like that. Like, I'm good. I'm good with what I do. I don't care if you don't like it. Don't have it done. I'm not asking you to be part of it at all. This is just what I like to do. So that's how I would handle it. I don't know if there's a guide for like, oh, this should lessen it for you. But that's what I got is just don't accept others' opinions of your identity as what is your truth. Because it's not true. It's their perception and they're not you. I wouldn't change a thing in that they didn't tell people. Yeah, it's not like you're going to know. Christmas dinner. Hey, I don't have an announcement, everybody. I am BDSM and <laughs> in the forum, let's go. I trust the turkey just right today. It's nobody's business. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Do you have any more questions before we move on to some other subjects? Yeah. I was reviewing a couple things with people in my life, and one of my subby, he wanted to bring up a thought that was important about 
Dom Drop. He experiences Dom Drop slightly different than the way we described it in our show. And I just wanted to add that into here because this is a good place to add it. His Dom Drop is when he gets so excited about a scene and it doesn't happen. So it's like that unfulfilled fantasy it's kind of thing. All out from the buildup that happens. Yeah. So that's where he, he wanted to explain what he goes through, which I thought was a very interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. I think it offers from somebody that is never, for me personally, never going to experience Dom or Top Drop. It's always good to hear more of other people's, what they've actually experienced, because it's not going to be in my wheelhouse to know those things. We also had some serious questions from our listeners, and I think we've answered those. We had some funny ones written in too. And why not add those so that everybody can see the diverse amount of people that we have. We have left brain and right brain people for sure, as in all things. So (laughs) I think that these are some funny ones and we'll roll through a couple just to include everybody in it because I think they're great. So the first question that we got is in a hypothetical BDSM themed cooking show, what dish would best represent the dynamics of dominance and submission? I don't know if I can quite answer that. (laughs) I've been trying to rack my brain, but what I did come up with is I have a cookbook and it is on the New York Times bestseller list and it's called 50 Shades of Chicken. And it's quite hilarious. It's got a picture of a chicken on the front of it that is bound with poultry rope or just the cooking rope that you trust steaks, roast or chicken in. And I think that that would be a freaking wonderful thing for a couple to do. Go get this book and then follow one of the recipes. They have some really cute intros to some of these where they're talking about the chicken is actually talking. The chicken that is going to be trussed and eaten is actually narrating some of these recipes. So I thought I would read one out of this book real quick. You guys know what we're talking about. So this one is for a recipe called Please Don't Stop Chicken. Now remember, I am reading this as the chicken itself. He sits down at the table and geez, does he look hot. He pulls off his white apron and runs a hand through that amazing just cooked hair. I think I could faint before he even takes a bite. I'm in warm pieces all over the plate. My own juices mingle with the sticky sweet jam he's spread all over me. My skin feels melting and soft. He ignores the fine silver flatware and picks up a thigh with both hands. Wow. He slowly closes his mouth around my thigh, causing clear, hot juice to drip over his delectable lower lip. You're so sweet, so succulent, so good, he says in a low voice. My inner goddess writhes in velvet coop, licking her own wings and breasts as is insatiable. She's making a real meal of herself. So that's just a little <laughs> insert there. I have goosebumps well, in my nose. I need a shower. <laughs> so that would be... I guess if I was going to have a cooking show, it would be based on this entire book. <laughs> I know. I got that for Christmas last year. I love that book. <laughs> I've yet to cook out of it, though. I just read it for the articles. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. Another question that was asked was, if my partner and I were to host a BDSM-themed game night, what game would you recommend for a kinky but fun time? I have a game called Punish Me Daddy. You can buy it off of Amazon. It has a dare, a twist, and a punishment card. So I like the dares and the twists. Those are fun. Sarah and I went through the punishment cards, and I don't like a lot of them. (laughs) I don't like a lot of them at all. 
So I would probably rewrite like you can in Cards Against Humanity. They get blank cards. I would probably create some of my own fun ones. But also, just so y'all know, Sarah and I are actually developing our own BDSM yes, game I think. cards. And we'll should hopefully that merch will be available and out as well as a coloring book. Yes, we um, are. I'm yeah. so excited about the coloring book. We're looking forward to having that probably about Valentine's time put together. So. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Let's, we'll look for that. That'll be great. Did you have another? I almost wonder if you couldn't do Simon Says as like a BDSM game. That would be fun, actually. Simon right? Says, yeah. I, feel like I think that like would a be lot actually of people involved in that. That would make Simon it says. so unique. Like Simon Says, look my toes. I swear to God, why? They're at the end of the fucking season. Why? I'm so careful <laughs> not to say the F word. Let me see. I really liked this question from one of our listeners. I found it so fucking great. If our love life were a romantic comedy with a BDSM twist, what would the quirky tagline be on the movie poster? Like how fucking smart are these people? I love this. I do too. I will read my favorite ones, which are... Whips, Chains, and Heartfelt Gains, A Love Story Unleashed. Thanks for the Memories, a rom-com that hits the spot. And then Not Without You, a passionate tale of love and bondage. Mine were Fifty Shades of Laughter, Tying the Knot, just got a whole new meaning. Oh my God, that was hilarious. And my favorite one, which I went round and round about on the last part of this, but finally came up with one I really like. When Cupid trades arrows for whips, a love story that is bound to snap. Two thousand percent. I love all of those. I'm yes. glad that we were able to. There was another one. What is it? Tied up in love, where safe words meet sweet nothings. All of those are good. I would love to have people come up with their own and, and write those into us too. I would love to see what everybody comes up with. Those are so fucking hilarious. I would too. So our last question we have from our listeners is what's your go-to karaoke song for BDSM theme night out and how would you incorporate props or costumes for this performance? Oh my God. Yeah. So I I have two. You came up with one. What was your one? Because you know me, I don't do music. (laughs) I figured I, it would definitely be teeth by Lady Gaga and I would wear metal teeth that people can focus on. You are That's all about that damn song. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I have two. Okay. I am not good on the props or costumes part, but the two that I would sing is I Touch Myself. I cannot remember who sang that one. And probably wear some sort of, say how they sell those t-shirts that have a body on it. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. You think I'd probably wear one of those. The other one is Dr. Hook, which no one really knows. It's well before most people's time. But I do encourage everybody to go listen to this song. Just to be fair, it's from the 70s. So there are inappropriate terms in there. I am not responsible for any of that. I love most of the song. I am able to enjoy it for what it fucking is. But just understand I'm not condoning all of the language in there. It is what it is from a male group in the 70s. But it's from Dr. Hook and it's called Freaking at the Freakers Ball. And it covers everything. And it's I'm definitely going to listen to that tonight. Oh, it's so great. And that would probably just be pick one of the things that he sings about and wear it that way. Or I would probably like leather daddy it up for that song. Nice. (laughs) Personally. Yeah. But those would be my two. All right. I think we have covered our listeners. I just want to thank everybody again for a wonderful season and letting us have this opportunity 
Where can they find us, Jenna? Oh, man. You can find us on Discord. You can find us on Facebook. But go to our Facebook through our website, orgasmicterrace.com. Facebook's a little bit of a clown show to try and get to something that has inappropriate content or not safe for work content in it. We have orgasmicterrorist at gmail.com that you can always write into. That's where everybody wrote into on this one for all the questions. We have Spotify. We have Apple. We have Podbean. Do not, please do not forget to go to Patreon and find us there too. Subscribe to help support us so we can continue to put out new fun material for people. Also, you get perks that you don't get on our podcast. So you'll have videos, you'll have merchandise, and just depending on the level of support, garners what you get out of your subscription. But we appreciate anybody and everybody. Please go to all of uh, the platforms, Apple and Spotify and Podbean. Rate, like, review. We always need five stars, please. That helps us get out there to more people and also helps us with advertising. Perfect. I have been starting to put some content on Discord. So love to have you on there and add some content, everybody. All right. And I think that's when we go tell everybody to go be good humans. Be good humans, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmictourist at gmail.com.